Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service.
give him a shout of praise. We have victory in Jesus. Amen. Well, welcome to fellowship, you guys. We are just going to dive into worship this morning. Let's talk to him together. Jesus, you're so, so good to us. God, you're on our side. You are for us, not against us. And we thank you for that promise. We thank you for that love. And God, we're here because we want to praise you. We want to hear your voice. We want to know you. We want an encounter with you in Jesus' name. So we just lay everything down right now. God, any thoughts in our minds, any distractions, we surrender them to you, Jesus. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just breathe, that you would come into this place. You are welcome. God, please do what only you can do. In Jesus' name.
you for showing up and we're so thankful for your holy presence and so we just invite you into this place god we invite you into our hearts and we just yield to you and allow you to touch us and to reach us in the ways that you want
Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't even be here. Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. We praise you. Jesus, thank you for giving us the same spirit that rose you from the dead, lives inside of us. So, Father, I just pray that you can open our eyes to see the things you want us to see. You can open our ears to hear the things you want us to hear. You can open our hearts to experience the things you want us to experience, God. We invite you in, Spirit of the living God in this room. We invite you in. We just ask you to influence every part of us, prepare our hearts and our minds for what you want us to receive today. We lay everything else aside, knowing Jesus, you are who you say you are. So we stand with you in this room, God, and we thank you. In your heavenly name, amen. Give another shout of praise to Jesus. He's good. He's good. For those of you that are in person with us, find somebody, tell them they look good today. Greet them, and then find your way to your seats. For those of you online, you look good too. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If this is your first time tuning in with us, let us know. We'd love to interact with you. And even if it's your thousandth time interacting with us online, let us know where you're watching from. It's cool to see the reach of Fellowship Church reach so far beyond just our community here. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. For those of you in person or online that maybe are new to Fellowship Church and you're wanting to experience a little bit more or connect with some of us on staff, get your smartphones out and text the word fellowship to 94,000. When you do that, you will get in contact with our connections team. We'd love to be able to share with you different opportunities for just groups or classes, courses, different serving opportunities. That's a great way to get in touch. For those of you that maybe wouldn't consider yourself new or a visitor, but you do want to see what your next step in your faith journey could look like within our ministry here at Fellowship, stop by the Next Steps booth out in the east end of the lobby. Our connections team would love to just hear your story a little bit and see how we can find your next step as well. Well, we're going to continue the awesome worship of our God through the giving of tithes and offerings. And I spent the last two days in our kids' conference helping out the kids' team. And oh my goodness, guys. Whew. You have some really cool kids. You do. You do. They have been pursuing God this whole weekend and all the different volunteers. Just the ability for them to be able to, to go back there for five sessions, praise Jesus in a different way, connect with God, and, and really just experience God in such a deep way. It's all due to the generosity in your guys' hearts too and in your ability and in wanting to love God back through giving. We're able to do stuff like that. In our own ministry, we had over, I think it's around 200 souls, like 170 some kids, 200 um, total souls with volunteers and everything in there. They're back there right now finishing their last session. And it is, it's so great to be able to see what your gifts can do. So thank you so much for that. There's a lot of different ways that you can give here at Fellowship through just the offering boxes in the lobby or online through the Church Center app. You can scan this code. It's really easy to do that as well. But through things like this, we're able to do uh, other ministries and things through. So thank you so much for your generosity. I just want to pray over all the different offerings, all the different ties that are coming in. Jesus, thank you so much, God, for your provision for us. And Father, if there's anybody in this room that just needs a financial breakthrough, or if there's anybody in this room that we're listening online that is just really burdened down by finances and, and just the world, God, I pray that you can give them relief, that you can pour out your, your hand of blessing on them, Jesus. 
Father, as, as we receive these offerings, these tithes, I pray you can lay your hand of blessing on, on, on those. And God, this is just a way that we can love you back. And so, Father, I pray that you can receive these and you can see that, and that we can feel your presence throughout this whole week. Lord, we love you and we thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. Well, we're in the middle of the summer now. There's a lot of different things going on that are coming up right around the corner. Here are a few of them. We are very excited about our marriage seminar that's coming up in October. So here's what's up. We booked 50 rooms with our hotel and we are already over halfway full. If we reach 50 couples, we can book more rooms, but it just has to be well in advance. So put a deposit down today and save your spot because we want to impact as many marriages as possible. And guys, this is brand new material. Pastor Tim and Rebecca have given our church family incredible tools through their seminars of Renewal and Rescue 1.0 and 2.0, but this will take your marriage to a whole new level. This is one of the best investments that you will make for the rest of your life. We are looking to start up a fun and exciting new ministry. We know that there are talented and gifted photographers and videographers that attend our church and we need your help. We're looking for volunteers to serve and capture our amazing church family. Each one of our ministries are always doing fun and incredible things and we wanna share that by catching footage of what God is doing to move his kingdom forward. So if you are interested in serving in this way, there is an application that you can access by scanning this QR code, going to the Church Center app under Serving Opportunities, or stop by the information counter and we can get you signed up to serve. We've been digging into God's word about Jesus encounters. Watching his different interactions with people has been opening our eyes to what our own relationship and encounters with him can be. Now, the religious leaders were not fans. Jesus was breaking all kinds of rules, loving people that were outcasts and criminals, healing the sick on the Sabbath, saying that he was the son of God. They thought that Jesus was crazy and rebellious, but what he was doing was showing the world what real love was and rebelling against the rules and religion that we had taken hold of. When Jesus encountered Satan in the desert, Jesus showed his authority and spoke the truth to withstand the accusations from the enemy. And it says in the Bible that we have that same authority and we can fight with truths found in his word. God has so much that he wants to reveal to you today. So listen to this special and receive this teaching. Keep you six feet down. You could hear hell singing that victory song. But a funny thing happened. The devil thought wrong. The devil thought wrong, thought wrong. You came rising right out of that
I have a new neighbor and he's become a really close friend of mine. And the interesting thing is about this guy, like he, he waits for me to come home. Like he wants to just hang out with me. He loves for me to talk to him. And there's times where he'll be waiting for me on the porch when I get at home. There's a picture of him. His name's Earl. Okay, and Earl is this <laughs> big bulldog and uh, he's awesome. And, and here's a video actually of, of a lot of our encounters and what they look like. Uh, he'll come over and I'll, I'll scratch his bum there, you know, and he just loves it. And you get a good shot of his profile here. Look at, look at that profile. Isn't that, that's just awesome. <laughs> now, the first time I met Earl, I was in my garage, and I was just working on my bike, and I had the garage door open, and, and uh, I was focusing on, on, I think it was, I don't know, it was airing up tires or something, and all of a sudden, I just felt this collision into my leg. And I look down, and it's Earl. <laughs> and he's just doing his Earl thing. He's just peeing all over the place like a, like a bulldog does. And I'm thinking to myself, where did, where did this come from? But, but man, I just I fell in love with him. And we have this really cool relationship. And, and from then on, it's just been really, really special. But that encounter took me by surprise. Not going to lie. And you know what? Our encounters with the enemy, our encounters with the devil many times will bring us by surprise. They do. I mean, sometimes we can be minding our own business and we're really, really focused on something. And, and, and the last thing that we think is we're going to get tempted or we're going to get nailed by the enemy. And then it happens, right? We, we're tempted. We might get tempted to do something new. 
but most of the time it's tempted to do something that we've done over and over again, some sin pattern in our life that we've gotten comfortable with. And so the enemy hits us with it. And maybe it's another kind of attack. Maybe it's an attack on our character or an attack in our, in our friendships or attacks in our family. But the devil can come in and he can come in and he can be very invasive. That's what I would say about my relationship with Oral. He's invasive. <laughs> but I love him. The enemy's something different. When he's invasive in our life, it can change things. And it can really, really hurt us. Now, we know that the devil is real. Did you know that there are Christians out there that believe that the devil isn't real? That's crazy. But he is. He is our enemy. And the Bible says he comes to steal and kill and destroy. We've talked about that over and over again. And that is his mission statement. So, you know, we talk about in business all the time, you know, I have a mission statement. A mission statement keeps you focused on what you should do. It, should, it keeps you driving. It keeps you going in the right direction. Well, steal, kill, and destroy is what the devil's mission statement is. And he will try to steal everything he can from you. Your security, your livelihood, your peace, your joy, your mental health, your thought life. His ultimate goal is to kill you because he wants to silence you, especially if you have a voice for God, especially if you're a believer. He wants to take you out and he wants to cause as much pain to you and your family as possible. And there's probably not a bigger pain than, than your family would feel than if they lost you. So he wants to kill you. And then he wants to destroy everything that is good in your life. Your family, your friendships, your business, your influence. The truth is that the devil is dangerous. And if we want to be successful against his ploys, we need to learn, we need to learn from the best. And no one handled Satan better than Jesus. Now, we've been in a series called Jesus Encounters. We've been talking about different people in Scripture and their encounters with Jesus. Well, today we're going to be talking about the devil's encounter with Jesus. And I think as we look at this encounter, we're going to learn a few things about our enemy. Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and for 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, the, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, you will if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Now, there's some interesting things in the scripture that I think will help us if we just kind of focus in and, and, and learn some practical things from this story. The first is that Jesus was led into temptation. Did you see that? According to verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. And notice the Spirit there is capitalized. That means the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Now, he was actually tempted by Satan himself. For most of us, when we're tempted, I don't know that we'll ever actually be tempted by Satan himself. 
We're tempted by his demons, by his imps, by his hirelings. Scripture says that a third of the angelic fell with Satan when, when Satan was banished from heaven. And the third of those angels beca became his demons. And so he's got a vast army to fulfill his mission statement. So most of the time when we're tempted, we're just tempted by demons. And that's hard enough, right? The demonic is hard enough to deal with. But could you imagine actually being tempted by Satan himself? And that's where Jesus is, is here in, in this situation. And the scripture says that God does not tempt. So the spirit led him into temptation, but did not tempt him. The devil, tempt, the the devil tempted him. And, and kind of think, why in the world would God allow that? Why would God want to do that to his son? Was he just trying to be cruel? Was he just, was he just trying to test him? I mean, what was that all about? Well, the scripture is is, it says here that he's the, the father is trying to strengthen Jesus. He's trying to make him strong. He's trying to grow him through this process. And we know that from James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. The scripture says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance is a chance to grow. So Jesus becomes stronger through this. God knew where Jesus had to go. He knew what he had to go through. And he's trying to strengthen Jesus' resolve. The Lord also wanted Jesus to be an example for us and how to handle the enemy in, the, in our future. And he exposes Satan and what he tries to do in him and what he tries to do to all of us. The second thing that we see here is that Satan attacks Jesus' vulnerabilities. He was hungry, according to verse 3, so he tempted him with food. And man, I don't do good without food. I don't, man. I can tell when lunchtime is coming around or when dinner time's coming around, I can get hangry. Have you heard that word hangry? I can get, Timmy needs food. That's what, that's what my wife will tell you. She'll look at me and she'll go, Timmy needs some food. He'll be fine after he eats. Well, Jesus was starving. I mean, he hadn't eaten in 40 days or for, in 40 nights. And so he was, he was struggling with his appetite and with that, those hunger pains. And so that's where Satan hits him. And then he tempts him to use his powers to save himself. We see that in verse 5. Now, how hard would that have been to have the power and not to use it, right? I mean, that would have been so, that would have been my biggest struggle. Because in that moment, I would have wanted to just jump off that temple. I would have wanted to fly around and come back and just punch Lucifer right in the throat. That's what I would have wanted to do. And Jesus had the power. He could have done that. He could have done that. And then the devil tries to appeal to his human side and show him all the things that he's missing out on with all the world's riches, right? We saw that in verse 8. Now, we see this a lot of times in marriages and in relationships. Sometimes in, a relation, uh, uh, sometimes in the relationship, uh, there starts to feel like a, there's something missing. And so one person, either the husband or the wife, starts to feel like maybe that they're missing out on something that, that they're not, they can't get because they're married. Or they swallow the lie that the enemy has told them and has told so many couples through the years is that maybe you just married the wrong person. Maybe, maybe it would just be better if you, were, if you were single again. And we begin to live vicariously through our single friends. We start to believe the lies. of Man, I, I wish I could just be free. I just wish, I'm just not happy. Now the crazy thing is that the majority of single people want to be married. And then there are a group of married people that want to be single. 
What is that? What, what does that mean? That is the devil using discontentment to steal and kill and destroy your relationships. That's what he's doing there. He's, he's causing discontentment. He's, he's trying to make you think, well, you'll be happy if you're single. No, you won't. you're not happy single. You're, you're a mess single. You need to be married. And so he always sows this discontentment within you. And of course, this list is not exhaustive when it comes to how the devil will tempt us. Then we see Satan try to sell Jesus a shortcut. Oh man, he's good at that. How hard must that have been not to take the easy road for Jesus? Especially since Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. He knew everything. He knew how he was going to be betrayed. He knew how he was going to be sold out, how the religious uh, sect was going to come against him, how the people around him, those that he loved, his brothers, his disciples, were going to turn against him, and how he was going to be killed, how he was going to be crucified. He knew all of that in advance, yet he still walked through it. Now, I don't know about you, but man, if you would have told me in 2019 what was to come, I wouldn't have wanted to go through the next three years. And not just because, you know, COVID was bad and, and uh, the, the pandemic was crazy and all that stuff. But for me personally, those three years were hard. I mean, I had some really crazy injuries happen to me and some sicknesses and stuff. And I, I, just, I, I would just as soon not go through those things over the last three years. How many times have you woke up in the morning, you went to work, you got home at night, and with everything that happened that day, you said, man, it would have been just, it would just been so much nicer if I could have just stayed in bed this morning. Like if we could change things, we would. If we could take a shortcut, we would. And Jesus knew these things, yet he didn't bypass them. He didn't bypass the pain and the suffering. And he could have destroyed Satan at any time. He could have just said, you know what? I don't want to work this plan. I want to do a different plan. But he went through the plan for us. He died and went through all of that for us because he knew we needed to be forgiven. He knew that, the, that there needed to be a sacrifice, a sacrificial lamb for us for all of our sins. And he was willing to go through all of those things for us. Man, it would have been easy to take a shortcut. How many times has he tempted us with one of those shortcuts? And he's so good at it, right? He, he packages those shortcuts so well. He says things to us like, it'll be so much easier. It'll be so much easier if you take this shortcut. Think of all the hardships you will avoid. No one will know. No one, no, no one will have to know. No one will get hurt. And after all, you deserve it. You deserve it. Take the shortcut. Take the easy way out. It doesn't matter. I, it, nothing's going to happen to you. He's super good at tempting us that way. Now, the next thing that we notice is incredible, and it's something that most of us miss. But it's the fact that Jesus knew how to fight. He knew how to fight. He knew what to do when the devil came against him. And he doesn't use force or power or manipulation like we might do. He uses the truth. That's how he fights the devil. He just uses the truth. The truth is, is that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, according to 1 John 4, 4. That he's given us a, the authority to tread on serpents, which is demons, which is those hirelings. He's given us the authority to tread on them, according to Luke 10, 19. He will demolish strongholds in our life, which are the lies that the devil hides behind, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 4. And ultimately, a day is coming when Michael, the archangel, will defeat Lucifer. He will defeat him. Now, I love this. I love the fact that God is saying to Michael in the end, he's just saying, you know what, Michael? 
you handle my light work. I don't want to mess with him. I'm not even going to dignify that traitor with a response. That's the way the Lord looks at our enemy. Somebody that he doesn't even have to deal with. But somebody that somebody he created will, will deal with. I, I love that. Now in this scripture, Jesus recognizes the lie and then exposes the lie to the truth. One of the things Satan does is he misquotes Psalm chapter 91. He omits scripture that doesn't suit him in verse 6. Then Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6.16 as a comeback with facts. Now, Satan is really, really good at twisting the word. He's so good at it. This is how cults start. This is how churches split. This is how people will search scripture and misuse it to justify something they're doing. Have you ever had that happen? Because they'll just take one little part of scripture and they'll use that to justify their sin. So common. And the devil gives them the tools to be able to do that. But you see, our biggest problem as Christians is Satan knows scripture better than most of us do. So we don't know the truth because we don't study the truth. And he knows scripture so well that he can twist it against us. And he has sold us the lie that we can't defend ourselves, that we can't fight back. Like we're not strong enough to do that. We're not worthy of doing that. I mean, Satan is an archangel and, and he has all of these demons. They're all coming against us. And, and how in the world are we supposed to, 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 to defeat that? How are we supposed to not yield to temptation? I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, I just, I'm just gonna have to go through life, continuing to be tempted, continuing to sin, continuing to give him control. That's what the devil wants us to believe. So let's do just a little bit of warfare right here, exposing that to the truth, and let's demolish that stronghold. If that is a lie that we have learned, that we have believed, that has become a part of our life, according to the word, we can demolish that in Jesus' name. So in Jesus' name, we come before you right now, Lord, and we speak to the stronghold or the lie that the devil has told us through the years that we cannot fight back that we are not worthy to fight him. And in Jesus' name, we ask that you would demolish that stronghold and you would instead expose our mind to the truth. Help us to see ourselves as more than conquerors, which your word says. Help us to see that you have come that we might have life and have it to an abundance, which means that we're not gonna be held down by, the, by, by sin and death. That you have delivered us from that, Lord Jesus, and we do not have to live under that shadow of sin anymore. Deliver us from that temptation. Deliver us from whatever it is that we've been fighting. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Right there. So that is doing warfare, exposing the truth, uh, the devil to the truth, and demolishing strongholds. And we could do that anytime. Because we, we believe all kinds of lies about ourselves. We've, we've, we've swallowed the, the hook from the devil so many times and, and him selling us lies and us, us being sold that lie so much it becomes a part of our life. We can demolish those things according to Scripture. Now, I love the fact that after, after Jesus has been through this battle, that God shows up for him. After the fight, God sends angels to minister. Verse 11 says, Then the devil went away, and angels came and took care of Jesus. God is always there after our fight. He always is there to mend our wounds and counsel our fears. A few years ago, I went through something. It was the most devastating thing I've ever faced in my entire life. 
It, it was awful. And I remember hearing the news and thinking to myself, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? I mean, it felt like I got kicked in the gut. It totally took the wind out of me. And I remember, okay, I, I just got to get alone. I just got to get someplace where I can think. I just got to get someplace where I can just cry and just, and just be we real with the Lord. So, so I, I went and got in the shower. You know, that's a great prayer closet, the shower. It is. And the acoustics in, are in there are so good. It's so forgiving for my voice. I sound so good in the shower when I worship in the Lord. But I remember I, I, going in the shower, and I was absolutely, I, I was, I, man, this floored me. And I remember the Lord reminding me of the, of the story of Job. And in the Bible, the book of Job, this is a guy that was righteous. He was a way better man than I could ever be. And all of this stuff comes down on him. And he loses everything. He loses his family. He uses, loses his fortunes. He loses his business. He loses his friendships. He loses his health. He loses everything he could lose. And his response to that was, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, what did he mean in that scripture? He meant that, God, you've always had me. God, I know you always will. God, I submit to your plan. I know you know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, but I got to trust that you know what you're doing. I know you're going to walk with me through this. So you know what? I'm just going to worship you. Just going to worship you. And so in that moment, I quoted that scripture. And I said, Lord, <laughs> you know what you're doing. You got this situation. I don't. The Lord giveth. You gave me everything. Lord, for whatever reason, you've chosen to take it away. Now, blessed be the name of the Lord. And as I worshiped him in the shower <laughs> with my voice, a peace that passes all understanding, which is what the word promises, came over me. And in a time when I should have no peace, I was given peace. And when a time when I had no hope, I was given hope. And I knew in that moment that the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. But I just wonder, I just wonder that if I could see in the spiritual what I would have seen, how many angels would have been around me ministering to me in that moment. That would have been incredible. Because here's the thing, the devil, when he fell and he took a third of the angels with him, that's a lot of angels that became demons. He has a vast army. He has plenty of demons to tempt you and to mess with you. He has, he has a, a, tons of resources to do that. But you gotta understand, two-thirds of the angelic did not fall, that are still in God's army. And Satan, he can't create any more troops for himself. He doesn't have the power to create. He is not omniscient. He can't be everywhere and all-knowing. He is very limited. So, so he has to manage what fell with him. God can create more angels at any time. Anytime he wants, he can create a whole new army. That's what we have fighting for us. That's what we have on our side. And so when you give it all to the Lord, know that the Lord will give it all back. That's what he did for Job and then some. But have you ever thought, does Jesus love me enough that he would send angels on my behalf? Absolutely. You're no different. He loves you just as much as he loved his son. And when you need him the most, he's right there. God wants the best for you. 
And he doesn't want us living a life that is always bogged down with the same old sins. He wants to give us victory over that. But it's, it's so hard, right? It's so hard because we, we just screw up in the same area over and over again. And then we feel bad and, and guilt and shame come in. Man, guilt and shame is an emotion that Christians are really, really good at feeling. When we should feel hope and we should feel forgiveness, we feel guilt and shame. And so the devil loves that because guilt and shame oppresses. It pushes you down. And God wants to lift you up. If we're going to expose the devil to the truth, he wants you to be a victim. But the word says that God wants you to be a victor. That's for all of us. So as we close this morning, if you'll stand with me. And I wonder how many of you would just be honest with yourself. And you'd say, I am struggling. I am struggling. I am struggling with this same sin. It keeps creeping back into my life, and I feel so bad about it. I feel so shameful about it, and I've asked God to take it away from me over and over again, but it just seems like I can't get victory over it. We've all been there, right? We've all been there. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you were there right now. Well, God wants to flip the script. Where that sin has been beating you more than you've been beating it, he's wanting to say, no, 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 no. We're flipping that. You're going to start getting victory over this thing. You're going to see the percentages change in your life. You're no longer going to be a victim. You are going to be a victor. And so, Lord God, I pray that right now over each and every one of us. Bind up in evil spirits that come against us. Teach us how to fight. Help us, Lord, to use your scripture as the sword of the spirit, which is what it is. Help us to learn scripture better than our enemy. Lord, we know that starts with just having coffee with you every morning, just opening up your word. We may not have to memorize scripture word for word, but we better know the principles in it. Help us to be able to fight and help us, Lord God, to expose the truth. And the word says the truth will set us free. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> that Jesus used the truth to fight the devil and the scripture says that truth is what will set us free. So loose truth in us right now, Holy Spirit. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Give us the tools to be able to fight back. Help us to be more than a conqueror. Help us to know that you're right there with us in the fight. And Lord, maybe we need some help with some of our sin issues. Maybe some of those sin issues have become habits. Maybe they become addictions. And I pray, Lord, that you would just show us a way, be a lamp into our feet, that you would show us a way to get rid of those. Or Lord, if you just want to heal us from it right now, we'll take that. So in Jesus' name, we just pray a bold prayer. I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would defeat in this room, within our lives, addictions and habits that you don't want us to have. In Jesus' name, just wipe them out. Help us not even to have a desire for them anymore. Or maybe, Lord, you're wanting to bring us through a process that we will learn and we will grow and you will show us how to defeat the enemy and we'll do it together. If that's the case, Lord, help us to do it together. We love you. 
Thank you that you are greater than what is trying to mess with us. Thank you, Lord, that you've already written the script. We are fighting a fixed fight. There's no reason to be intimidated by the devil. He's already lost. His time is coming, and it's short. Thank you for that. Thank you for showing us that in Scripture, giving us that gift, that prophetic gift to be able to see what's in store for us and what's in store for him. We love you, and we thank you, God, for how awesome you are. Be with us in the battle. Thank you, Lord God, for letting the devil have an encounter with you, Jesus. And you can show us how to fight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do so right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text Fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.